go. Sit back, relax for your edumacation. Hakuna and Orifice are the new sensation. Saying dumb shit and talking queer media. Famous on Tyler Perry social media. Just a couple of gem girls and we say what we please. We welcome to our world, the immortal frenemies. Greetings and good tidings from the temporal anomaly that is the Immortal Frenemies podcast, where mm-hmm. we've dedicated our very unvaluable time to chat about the future-flung third-eyeball-beaming warlocks featured in Charmed, the iconic 90s witch-centric series. I am the one who's seen the future, and honestly, it ain't it, Orifice Jones. And I'm just here to sell sandwiches, make babies, and literally nothing else. <laughs> I'm Hakuna Matitis, and today we are discussing Season 1, Episode 8 of Charmed, entitled The Truth is Out There and It Hurts, which is also the working title of my memoir of STIs collected at various truck stops. And, like, it do hurt, though. Um, it, it really, it burns. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> originally airing on November 25th, 1998, and written by Chris Levinson and Zach Estrin. Jin. Estrin, Jin. I just, I, I'm adding that on. It's just Zach Estrin. Um, with directorial services provided by James A. Contner, who just kind of sounds a little... Name? Yeah, he sounds a little suspicious, because, like, what's with the A, James? What's the A for, Contner? So suspicious. <laughs> what kind of last name is Contner? Yeah, right? I, that's very hard to say, and I don't It's like, like it's, it. is it Connor, or is it Counter? Pick a lane. Kuntner. Kuntner, honestly, that's pretty good, too. Yeah, right? Yeah, um, the A in James's James A. Contner's name is definitely on the minds of everyone out here. On my For mind, sure. it's more like, what the fuck, it's Contner. But anyway, <laughs> um, according to IMDb, which, as we all know, stands for I am dumb bitch. We've Duh. said it once. We've said it twice. We'll, we'll keep, keep saying, saying it. it forever. This is the one where Prue decides she must find out how Andy will react to her being a witch. So she casts a truth spell. The 24-hour spell makes anyone around the sisters tell the truth. But is the truth what they really want to hear? Probably is not. it? Probably not. Uh, this is also the one where some dude named Gavin has a third eyeball laser and a woman who sells sandwiches <laughs> is basically Sarah Connor minus the bad attitude of the iconic Linda Hamilton. Uh, yeah. I think her name is Tanya. Tanya ain't no Linda. No, I mean, she's like Sarah Connor in the sense that she's birthing someone of importance in the future. Yes. But she yes. has no grit, no moxie. She does nothing for herself. Um, yeah, she's, she's yeah, a like, sandwich listen. wagon lady. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> like most women on the planet, she just serves to birth someone who will be important in the future. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That was the most manosphere thing I think I've ever said. <laughs> but it's so true about women. Uh, <laughs> Historically, kind of. Yeah, if not for my potential to birth a man of value, I should have just aborted myself. Exactly! Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Honestly, China had it right. You know, one child syndrome and uh, making boys. Not one child syndrome, but you know what I mean. <laughs> one child syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's like you like, or you can only have one child, or like, one child alone creeps you out. Well, that's, like, the one-child syndrome is, like, the ailment that China is suffering from, or has. Oh, okay, so it is something I actually have heard. No, it's not. I'm just oh, making oh, it okay. up. Oh, okay, perfect. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, the truth is out there and it hurts. That's and why it hurts. we only that's why we only tell lies on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Alternative facts, untruths, whatever you want. Anyways, let's get into this episode because we yeah. start off in one of my favorite places. Uh, a creepy parking lot where someone is obviously <laughs> going to die. Yeah, we have a lot of those. Uh, yeah, dude, this guy named Gavin loves a good parking lot. Right, that seems to be his favorite place to uh, beam his eyeball, third yeah, eyeball, his eyeball laser. And like, <laughs> the fact <laughs> that this guy has a third eyeball laser, it's too much for me. It was too much for me to handle. I was like, the eyeball moments in this motherfucking episode. Right, but it's like a nefarious eyeball moment. Exactly. It's the, um, it's not the Lord of Eyeballs, it's, um, uh, what would be the reverse of the Lord of Eyeballs? The Dark Lord of Eyeballs? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The Dark Lord of Crossed Eyeballs. Because <laughs> that shit don't seem straight. But this eyeball was, like, looking right at <laughs> his forehead, her forehead. That, that is true. That is true. That is true. I don't know. Gavin's from the future, so he's working on some next-level shit. Right, right. That's in the next episode. It's not, but... It's not. Anyway. Um, anyway, so to add a little bit of context here, we come across... Yeah, we're, so we're, in, a, we're in a creepy parking garage where, again, someone's obviously going to die. I don't know why you'd park a car there. Um... This guy, Dr. Mitchell, is, I guess, going to his car, and someone who looks very creepy kind of walks up to him and kind of makes it seem like he already knows him. Like, off the bat, really creepy. Yes, definitely really creepy. I mean, he walks with a sense of purpose. He's white. He's kind of old. Yeah, so you you know he's going to murder you. He has, like, pretty well-defined cheekbones, um, and that in itself is terrifying. Yeah. And um, basically, yeah, this doctor, Dr. Mitchell, um, he is leading some sort of mutant retina gene. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I don't know. It's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Okay, it's eyeball related. It's eyeball related. So I guess he's, yeah, he's coming back. He's got to, yeah, he's got to use his eyeball against the eyeball guy. Um, But like the doctor is kind of surprised because like he hasn't actually published the research yet. So this is the first clue that this guy is coming from the future to like murk all these people. Um, and he tells Dr. Mitchell that he'll find a vaccine, um, against, uh, this mutant retina. Well, no, 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 because so he's like, he's like, you're gonna find the vaccine, and then he's like, vaccine to what? And then Gavin goes, vaccine to this, and then his third eye opens and he laser beams him, <laughs> and I'm like, what vaccine protects against that? <laughs> Uh, the mutant retina gene vaccine, Michael. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah, that's what caused the third eyeball. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's kind of what's interesting to me because it's like, so it's not, it doesn't affect all of your retinas, only the one of the third eyeball. Right, that, the mutant like, magically retina. appears on your forehead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also, like, you can have a vaccine against eyeballs. <laughs> eyeball gene. <laughs> Yeah, I got the eyeball vaccine, so it's just, you know, two caverns in here now. <laughs> when I said eyeball jeans, I thought of, I can't, an, I, an image came to mind of, like, an eyeball wearing jeans. Oh! I was thinking of, like, a jean with a bunch of eyeballs kind of, like, you know, sewed on. <laughs> like a pair of jeans? A pair of jeans, yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> that also sounds really good. Would mm. they be real eyeballs sewn on to jeans? I mean, like pictures, I think images of eyeballs. Modern science isn't quite at the place where we can freeze dry and flatten eyeballs to attach onto apparel. <laughs> we're getting there. I know we are. I've seen the blueprints, but I don't think we're there yet. So I think it'll be like one of those like you know iron-on jean things. Um. Okay. How about this? Get a load of this idea. Oh, I'm okay? ready. Instead of eyeball jeans, like uh-huh. eye, real eyeballs sewn into jeans, it's they're sewn into leather pants. I feel like oh. that makes more sense. And it the really does. <laughs> and the leather pants are flesh colored. <laughs> I would also like it if like the eyeballs weren't necessarily sewn in, but were kind of like in an undersuit. So when you moved around, the eyeballs kind of moved up and down your legs. Oh, <laughs> I don't understand. Like it's like it's like you know, like it's like they're almost like in like a thin like liquid that is (laughs) underneath or over the jeans. So when you're walking around, they kind of move up and down depending on your movements. Whoa, like kind of like a lava lamp. Yeah, kinda, but like on your pants. (laughs) Full of eyeballs. Full of eyeballs. It would maybe work better as a skirt, but whatever. (laughs) I think that's a great idea. I'm kind of terrified, but... Oh, it's scary. I mean, I feel like one of those serial killers like Jeffrey Dahmer or... Who was the one who turned people into furniture? I think it was Ed Gain. Oh, Like, okay. made one of those, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, pioneers in their field, both of them. Um, anyway, so back to the episode <laughs> at hand. After uh, Dr. Mitchell gets eyeball lasered, we go to back to the movie theater with the girls. And I think they're in line for a movie. I don't think either of them watch this. Any of them watch this movie. And mm-hmm. Piper is venting about how she's getting overworked at work, and her boss Martin isn't giving her any breaks. But she's also kind of being a puss about it because I think Phoebe asks her, "Well, did you talk to him about it?" And Piper's like, "Yeah, sure. Or like, I will. I just forgot about it." Right. She's being very beta, which is very Piper. But it I is. like this episode because she's like more alpha. Yes, 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 yes. I agree, I agree. And I think we've talked about this before. One of the reasons why I like Piper is that, like, she's a character that has room to grow and, like, change a little bit. Yeah. I find Prue to be, like, because she's painted as the sensible, perfect one, where is she going to go with that? And Phoebe, at this point, is more comic relief than anything else. Yeah, but I do feel like all of them kind of demonstrated some growth this episode. Like, Phoebe, um... Seems more confident in her powers, almost. I mean, she's still, like, meddling a little bit. um, And, like, getting involved in things that, like, I don't know, should you be getting involved with? Right. But, um, I don't know. I feel like she handled herself pretty well this episode. There were no, like, bumbling idiot moments. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. And she took a lot of initiative. Um, So, this is what we see here, because Piper... Skips out on the movie because um, she has to go back to work. And because Phoebe cannot be in the same physical space as Prue alone for more than 30 seconds, she runs after Piper for some reason, and then she bumps into our boy Gavin, and then she gets a premonition of him third eyeball lasering somebody. Right. And then moments later, uh, the cops show up to this area. Is it this area in particular? Anyway. Oh, yeah. They And they go to see what's going on, and then they find the doctor from the first scene, 
right. a hole and in his, his head. Yeah, he's got a hole in his head. They don't know it's an eyeball quite yet, but all signs point to eyeball at this point. Yeah. Um, anyways, so this is, like, a, we come back to this one, because uh, we're at the morning, it's the next morning, I should say, at the Hallowell Manor, and Prue wakes up and she says, is this leaded, referring to the coffee, and I was so confused. And I, I, I assume, I thought what she meant was, is this caffeinated? But then I was like, why would you be making uncaffeinated coffee? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we learn later that Piper is actually lying to her and it's not leaded. And I'm like, what is 90s coffee culture? I don't understand it. Yeah, what the fuck does that mean? So, what? like, is it caffeinated? Is it decaffeinated? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, I th- my, the impression I got is, like, maybe Prue takes her brew it rhymes, uh, a lot stronger, so Piper's like, I'm not gonna make it that strong, but then wouldn't Prue be able to taste the strength of the brew? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't answer that. Brew, <laughs> a lot of Prue haha with the Oh! Oh, you did it, you uh, did it better. Yeah, did I? I feel like I just <laughs> took what you said and then added more nonsense. Uh, Justin, that's what art is. <laughs> That's the core of this podcast. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you really ramped up the eyeball pants idea to 1,000 with the, <laughs> with the liquid. I don't even understand it's how like, that would be possible. I don't know either, but if you've ever seen the, the movie or you read the graphic novel Watchmen, the guy who has the Rorschach, the Rorschach mask that kind of like is always, you know, fusing into different shapes, I'm thinking that, but with eyeballs on your legs. Whoa. <laughs> I don't think anyone is ready for that kind of idea that concept is simply like too much for our generation to handle that's true maybe gen z will get with it fingers crossed um mm, i don't even think they're ready <laughs> i know gen z's are like kind of prudes they're like kind of prudes i don't get it oh my god don't even get me started yeah i mean like me now started. i'm like though we're those people who are like talking shit about the people younger than us but like my main gripe with gen z is like you guys don't do stuff I, I, I don't know. Like, when I go clubbing or whatever, I don't, like, see young people that much anymore. And, like, when I yeah, talk to my young... Wrong. And when I talk to my younger coworkers, like, what you're doing on the weekend, they're like, oh, cleaning. Or, like, uh, nothing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Anyway. Anyway. That's my problem with Gen Z. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Um... I don't interact with them enough. But apparently, I think we're only, like, four years away from Gen Z. So I think we're technically, like, we cusp. Yeah, we're cuspy. We're oh, yeah, cuspy we cuspy. about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because millennials are, like, 40. No, yes. older than 40. They are, like, born in 1980? Yeah. I read, like, a really shitty book on, like, Gen Z. Um, and they said that the, like, generational demarcation line is, like, 1995. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're only a few years away. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be, like, the real sign, actually. I don't know. I feel more millennial if only because I was aware of 9-11. Yeah, I don't know. I think in terms of, like, the... Our social upbringing and then also our economic prospects, given, like, the 2008 financial crisis and all those kind of things, make us, like, very millennial. But... Mm. I do find, because I know people talk about, like, Gen Z, like, fashion choices, and they, like, tend to, because I do find millennials are a little bit more, um, in their fashion, are 
what's the word? Um, not normal, but they like everyone got, kind of does the same trend. As opposed mm-hmm. to Gen Z is a little bit known for ha- everyone having the more own like kind of like unique personal style. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I more vibe with because I've never been one to like I don't know dress like everybody else. And I think like you you are the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do find that like I think Gen Z tends tends to play around with like early two thousands fashion a little bit more than we do. Yeah, but yeah. they'll also wear like like clashing patterns and clashing eras in one outfit and i feel like the idea isn't to look streamlined or good but to look uh like eclectic yeah you're not wrong with that yeah 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 also i've noticed we're returning back to like oversized sizes i I bought a few shirts at h&m and it's like the oversized fit which i like because i've been i've been celebrating a merry thickness so i don't fit into (laughs) a lot of my clothes uh, but I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's been thick 30 over here for a long time. Um, yeah, anyway, so I was like, oh, I, I didn't need to get a medium. I could have got a small because it's oversized. You know what I mean? I don't know. It just mm-hmm. felt like the 90s again. Yeah, yeah. And I like it. I do. Um, yeah, I do like it. I don't know how I feel about the mullet, but I mean, Is that making a comeback? Seem- yeah, yeah. It's been making a comeback for years. Oh, yeah? Um, but yeah, I just I just don't know about the bullet. But I think it's never gonna go away. I think it's always gonna come back. Yeah, I mean there's something primal about the idea of party in the front, <laughs> business in the back. Or business, business in the, the front, front, party in the back. Party yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean like you wanna surprise the people when you exactly. turn around. Yeah, exactly. And That's it's like, why whoa. I celebrate a fat ass. True, true, true. So at this wedding, a lot of people commented on my butt. And I was like, oh, well, thank you. Because everyone was like, Michael, like, it got a lot bigger. I was like, thank you. Right? Yeah, yeah. it's important to feel noticed. Right, exactly. Um, I don't know how we got on this topic, but... Me neither. Um, um, oh, yeah, talking about coffee being leaded and how yeah. weird the old generation Listen, is. if you know what the fuck that means and you were drinking coffee in the 90s, please let us know, heygirlhey at gemgirls.ca.com. <laughs> We have not checked our email in a long time. Uh, no one's emailing us. No one's e- <laughs> Anyway, so Leo is there because Leo is their resident carpenter house yeah. helper. Slash like, man candy. Man candy. Um, and Piper is still very much into him. Um, makes him some coffee. And um, so is Phoebe, though. So they still have this like yes. little rivalry going on for his affections or attention. Right. Um, so... Basically, during the scene, it's revealed that Andy and Pipe, sorry, Andy and Prue have stopped seeing each other. Um, and yeah, that's yeah, they're really not seeing each other. And, and I think Phoebe points. in tones of like, well, or like Piper and Phoebe are like, why don't you just like tell him the truth? And she's like, uh, I can't do that or whatever. Regardless, Phoebe is in search mode she's looking for the girl in her premonish uh mm-hmm. who she says is a young blonde woman who's like five three and i'm like okay that's kind of nondescript but whatever um prue then goes into the attic to look through the book of shadows to look for something against eyeball lasers or something uh but instead she comes across the truth spell she doesn't do the truth spell quite yet but she you know this is like Chekhov's truth spell we know it exists <laughs> and so it might get used in the future yeah, yeah, definitely. And I feel like along with um, 
Chekhov's truth spell. There's Chekhov's sandwich lady. Oh, yes. Whenever a new woman enters the scene, I'm like, this bitch is going to die or is about to die. Like, is yeah. going to, someone's going to try to murder her. Exactly, yeah. Central to the plot in the sense that someone is going to try and murder them. Uh, right. And we don't necessarily get this scene quite yet, but we do no. get a scene of it's purely just there to establish that this bitch brings sandwiches to prove <laughs> office sometimes. But we don't know why. We don't know what's going on in that little sandwich bin that she's carrying around, but she's doing it. <laughs> I wish someone would knock on my door with a wagon of sandwiches. Yeah, that sounds Actually, great. Yeah, or with like maybe something better than sandwiches, but I would take one. You know? I mean, if it was a good sandwich, I think sandwiches are underrated, and I think a sandwich can be sandwiches. delicious. Uh, I'm not getting turkey no mayo, because that's like the most basic bitch of all sandwich orders, but I want a sandwich lady. Okay, I also love how character development of Prue involves, like, the food that she eats, right? Like, we see her microwaving some fucking steamed broccoli. True. And we find out, like, oh, she likes... What was it? There was an episode where she was, like, trying to order a burger or something. And, it was, and we were like, bitch, you don't eat a burger. You yeah. eat microwave broccoli. Right, right. And now she likes turkey sandwiches. Like, is this how you're trying to make her relatable to me? Yeah, like, what? I don't even, like, get out of here. It was the no mayo for me. It was like, bitch, why you gotta be like that? I don't know. I If she yeah. said no mayo, just mustard, I would have been like, work. I get it, Prue. Yeah, have mustard on there. I would say is the better condiment. But, like, nothing? Just dry turks up in your mouth? Come on. Yeah, pesto even. Yeah, that would be great. Pesto is pesto. Oh, as best as pestis. <laughs> Put some asbestos in there yeah, <laughs> while you're exactly. at it. I, I, yeah, it's very similar to pesto, I've heard. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, so Piper, again, like another plot point, um, is at the restaurant and Martin, her boss, is being like a huge cunt. Like this huge guy cunt. fucking sucks. Like he's definitely giving evil gay energy. Oh, the the evilest of gays. Yeah. And he basically blames Piper for all of the chaos in the restaurant because he went on vacation. But, like, she's doing the job of literally everyone. And yeah. she's just taking it. Yeah, she is not standing up for herself. She's just taking it, not saying a thing. Um, so that's, like, a quick scene we get. Then we go back to the manor. And we get a Phoebe Prue interaction. They're rare. I don't know if we'd love to see them. It's always funny when they do. And Phoebes needs to, quote, surf the web. To find out anything about the burns on the victim's foreheads that she saw or they saw at the cops or whatever. Um, and I love how Prue is like, bitch, you don't know computers. And Phoebe's like, uh, chat room saved my life. And I thought that was very cute. Such a 90s conversation. Such a 90s conversation, like chat rooms. But I love that, like, Phoebe was like a misfit chat room girl, you know what I mean? Yeah, she definitely gives that, she gives that vibe. Yeah, exactly. I used to go in chat rooms all the time when I was a tween. I I was I was not good about it. Oh, what do you mean? Oh yeah, you used to lie to people, lie to people for fun. Well, okay. So on the chat rooms, basically at the time, I was really into being, um, like punk. Oh yeah. Uh, because it was the time when Good Charlotte was popular. Right. Oh, Green Day. An iconic 
punk band. Good job. <laughs> I know, right? I was such a fucking poser. Yeah, exactly. But I was, starting, I was starting to branch out into other music. Like, I was listening to the Dead Kennedys, who are actually punk. Yeah, And yeah, then yeah. I was listening to um, The Clash and, okay, and yeah, The yeah. Pixies or whatever. And I was on some punk music board. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, I really like The Pixies. And they're like, The Pixies aren't punk. They're power pop you poser (laughs) (laughs) nice you fucking poser you must have been devastated i was so devastated um yeah and then i quickly logged off and never went back oh yeah you couldn't bring your fucking online face up in that room ever again uh so i was getting a haircut yesterday the day before (laughs) and i had a Somewhat similar. I wasn't on a chat room and it was in real life and I didn't say anything. Uh, but anyway, I was getting my hair cut. chatting in a room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and if anything, I was in a room where their chatting was happening. I wasn't right. even part of the chatting. I was just like okay. making fun of a bitch in a corner. Um, <laughs> anyways, no, I was getting my hair cut and I was listening to the other um, conversation that the other hairstylist and guy getting his hair cut was. So there's only four of us really in the building. And... They're talking about like, musical choices or, like, music that they like. And um, he's like, oh, yeah, like, I just, like, I don't know. I, I grew up with metal, so I really like metal. And the hairdresser the was like, oh, okay, like, I can get into metal if, like, I'm in an angry mood. And he's like, no, I mean, like, ACDC, Bon Jovi. And I'm like, bitch, that is not metal. <laughs> bon Jovi. Like, you cannot tell me Bon Jovi is metal. And he did correct himself. He's like, no, I mean more, like, 80s hair bands, which... I like, but also not metal. Not metal. Uh, very not much metal. not metal. Yeah. Girl. Like, even Metallica he brought up. And I don't even think Metallica is metal. I mean, they are metallic. Ugh, yeah. They have a, a metal-like sheen. <laughs> but they aren't true metal. An alloy yeah. at best. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's much better metal music out there. I actually... So I've had friends recently who've been into metal, okay. and I kind of get it. No, 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 me too, me it's too, me very too. nerdy, actually. I, a lot uh, of it's about being, like, a, a Viking. And exactly. Like, yeah. It's, like, it's for fucking nerdy dudes who read Thor comics and jerk <laughs> off in their bedrooms to, like, uh, Vampirella. Um, right. Which I respect. I Yeah, I don't mind metal that much. Uh, I, sometimes I dabble into, like, pop metal. Like, I don't know if, like... Uh, Poppy had an album that was, like, very pop metal. Whatever happened to Poppy? She's still making music, but then she, yeah, that album, like, was her transition, because it was, like, kind of metal, and then I guess, like, she got a little bit more popular with, like, an emo, kind of dark crowd, and so she's put out a few more songs, but they're not as good as her old shit. Mm. Like, I loved her old music. It was so silly. Yeah. You do like silly pop. I really do. Sally Pop. Sally Pop. Anyways, okay, so this is where. So, yeah, uh, uh, further to that Prue and Phoebe scene, Phoebe gives her the advice of, like, oh, why don't you just use that truth spell that we talked about? Um, and Prue is like, I don't know, kind of brushes it off or, like, doesn't say she will. Then we go to Pro- Buckland's where we get the iconic Prue getting a sandwich scene that I feel like we've already discussed <laughs> at length, but there is more to say. There um, is so much more to say about this. Because <laughs> one, it truly does last 30 seconds. It's just right. this woman 
Only known as Sandwich Girl. Well, she actually is named. Tanya. Her name is Tanya. I know. (laughs) Only known as. But she only knows about sandwiches. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Tanya enters the room, and they have this this brief, like, oh, turkey no mayo, and proves, like, oh, you're a good woman. And then that was it. Is that all it takes to be a good woman these days? Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, bitch. I, I saved you a sandwich of the ones that I'm selling already. I have a whole box of them, but I saved this but, one for you. Okay, is she even selling it? This is my question. Like, is she a third-party sandwich wagoneer? Oh, or, yeah, she's an independent contractor. Or, like, okay, because I don't see any exchange of money in this, in this interaction. She just wheels up wheels on up to her door gives her a sandwich <laughs> prue seems like so happy that like she gets a turkey sandwich which is like some miracle but bitch only gives out sandwiches imagine she didn't have the sandwich you wanted like so what? that would be devastating uh i think i think the, the, the situation here is no one knows when sandwich girl's gonna arrive no one knows why she's there but no one questions it because she's giving out sandwiches like she's supposed to right yeah. That, or I guess she's part of, like, the building's catering service, and she, like, I guess she's, like, that's what she does. She's the sandwich wagon lady. <laughs> and you know what really, like, actually kind of grinds my gears a little bit? As we'll learn later, and as we've alluded to, this bitch is basically the Sarah Connor of the episode. But first, I was like, oh, Gavin's coming after her? Maybe Sandwich Girl makes something of herself she you know right takes a couple more layers of bread makes herself into a club (laughs) sandwich or like uh, she makes uh, a bond me she goes to fucking thailand or vietnam and learns a new sandwich craft yeah she she expands her she becomes a bond me and sandwich lady right uh anyway so that's what i thought i was like oh she's gonna be important in the future the vaccine will come in sandwich form or something uh but no it's just her baby right i was ready for her to be like a total badass who like you know is sandwich lady by day and like i don't know a bio engineer at night or like yeah. she's just in school or something yeah something right like no nah. like, nope <laughs> she just makes sandwiches what you think this bitch is gonna do anything <laughs> She just sells sandwiches. She's not even that good at it. I Okay, so what I loved, and I'm going to jump ahead here, is where, like, they're trying to connect the dots about why this guy is going after who he's going after. And he's like, hmm, um, like a, a, a scientific researcher, a bioengineer, and a sandwich girl? Oh, so devastating. Like, these what? two really educated, important people and a sandwich girl. One of these right. is the outlier. Right. And both of those guys are men. And then the one woman is a fucking sandwich girl. Yeah, yes. It it, it didn't do a lot for sandwich girl. It didn't do a lot for <laughs> the female gender. No. Oh, my God. that You could write a paper on that. For oh, sure. for sure. Sandwich girl, the stories never told. <laughs> no, no, no. Sandwich girl between the slice. An, expo- <laughs> an exploration of the futility of the future. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or when sandwich, sandwich girl, a thicker no slice. The untold story. Yeah. 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 When the sandwich has no meat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something oh, like um, that. Uh, or you could do... 
Mm, mm, like a breadless sandwich? That's just a salad. <laughs> breadless sandwich. I like between the slice. What was it? Between the slices. Yeah, between the slices, the sandwich girl story. Or, you know, between the slices, uh, 50 phrases about sandwiches that will help you take on your day. <laughs> Chicken soup for the it. sandwich soul. Wow. Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one uh, that they are all the ones I would read all of those <laughs> yeah all of those are the one you're so right yeah when like five become one exactly exactly yeah anyway the so uh, law story exactly <laughs> is that what you're going for a full five now yeah uh, five, when five become one I don't know what the five are but oh but one. yeah they're becoming one baby uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think yeah we get that pointless sandwich scene, and Love then we it. get uh, it wasn't pi- pointless. Take oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was crucial. Check out sandwich girl. I forgot. Um, so they're back at the house, and as we've seen already, Piper's overworked. I don't know. Phoebe's doing some shit, and Prue is like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do this truth spell. I'm not gonna ask anybody about it. I'm just gonna do it." And uh. Prue tries to contact Andy, but leaves him a message. At first, I was like, ugh, weak. But then I was like, oh, right. There's no text messages or anything. Right. Um, and the next morning, we quickly learn the truth spell has affected everybody. Um, yes, the truth spell is... Yeah, which I wasn't very sure about, like, at initially. Because I was like, okay, she's casting a truth spell that seems to work in the house. And she does say the house, right? In the spell. <laughs> Yeah, but I think she says everyone in this house. Okay. So but then it it makes... Yeah. I mean, I get what the outcome of that was, but it just seemed very confusing. Like, everyone who's in this house now, even when they go out of the house, everyone will tell the truth to them. Listen, you it's magic, I mean? baby. Just roll with it. <laughs> you don't yeah, have to I make mean, sense. Just, it's magic. I just didn't buy it. Like, who? What kind? What the fuck kind of spell is that? That's true. Anyway. You gotta be more specific. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have unintended consequences, which I, which I guess this kind of does. Because um, this yeah. is where we get Piper telling uh, Prue, "No, I don't. No, no, no." Her response is to the leaded coffee is, "I don't make it because it's dumb to make two pots of coffee when you're the only one who drinks diesel." And then again, I'm like, "What are they saying to each other?" <laughs> My, like, eyeballs glossed over. Yeah, exactly. Rolled to the back of my head. I I don't know what's happening. I, yeah, it was a reverse eyeball moment for me. (laughs) I, like, unsaw what was happening. Yeah, because I couldn't even see it. I couldn't even see it. (laughs) It's like, what is, Diesel, what are you talking about? Exactly. I guess maybe she drinks decaf? No. Yeah, maybe Piper drinks decaf. But, yeah, I mean, Prue definitely gives major caffeinated vibes. Oh, yeah, she's over-caffeinated and high-strung. Right. Yeah, she should probably drink less coffee. Yeah, which is maybe what Piper's doing. Right. Anyway, Uh, so, um, yeah, everyone is saying what they mean, and, like, hilarity and confusion ensues. Um, To which Phoebe admits that she's only into Leo because Piper is, which I thought was funny. Yes. Um, Yes. And we did, which was actually, like, you know, productive. Yes, yes, You know, yes, I think yes. Piper, like, need, needed to hear that, like, you know, 
people around her are being kind of bitches to her. Her her manager included, which we'll get to. But yes, yes, yes. Um, also, um, around- just I just another quick Phoebe moment I want to bring up because they, you know find out that something's weird going on. They ask Prue, and Prue's like, yeah, I did the truth spell. And Phoebe is shocked, not that she did the truth spell, but because she actually took her advice to do the truth spell. Right. Which I thought was funny. I was like, wow, you guys hate each other. Right. Um, Which I guess is growth, like Prue actually listening to Phoebe and taking her advice. But, like, yeah, Phoebe was actually right. Like, you can't just, like, I don't know, like, tear yourself up trying to tear tear yourself apart trying to like guess whether andy will or will not accept you just like fucking find out exactly exactly uh i think phoebe did have the right approach um and yeah go ahead do you need a spell for that like can't you just fucking ask exactly like an adult you really could (laughs) i i understand what she's doing here because i guess it's a sensitive secret because you know what if he calls the witch burners on you or something. I don't know. Right. Or, like, or like, what if he's secretly evil? I don't know. Maybe that's an option. Um, there's a lot of excuses she could run through, but she should just man up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Step that pussy up, bitch. Exactly. Exactly. Which is how I feel about Prue all the time. But anyway, that is neither here nor there. So in the meantime, another murder takes place. Another eyeball evil eyeball moment happens exactly. when um what's his name again giles glenn oh gavin? Wait, wait, wait. uh gavin. No, 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 his name is gavin the eyeball man is gavin yeah so gavin like busts into a lab where there's a scientist um by the name of alex pearson and he's like who the fuck are you um and he's working on some sort of, like, soil samples or something. Something about Zimbabwean crops. Yeah, which um, I was like, okay, so he's building... Yeah, no, so it's crops from the Bindura Plateau. And I was just like, oh, okay, like, how does that factor into a vaccine? Right. It's um, crops. Yeah. But basically, somehow, like... Whatever work that this guy is doing will put an end to whatever is going on with them crops. Them crops. Um, so quick, <laughs> quick anecdote here. One time I was doing a an interview with a farmer and we were talking about like, you know, the season and crops. And he basically said like, yeah, we've been having some um, problems with our crops this year. And I almost instinctively just said, oh, yeah, croplums. <laughs> I did not. I bit my tongue when I was like, whoa. I almost just, like, said that to him. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Anyways, uh, so I believe Phoebe, now knowing that she is equipped with the power of truth, goes to Andy directly and is like, oh, okay, well, I can ask you whatever I want and, like, you have to tell me the truth, which is exactly what happens. So she basically just yeah, kind of, like... Wild. It's great, it's great. She um, uses what she knows via her vision and, I guess, like, what's already been reported on to get the information out of Andy. And he's, like, a little flustered because he's like, I don't know why I'm telling you this as she's, like, literally writing it down on a piece of paper. Uh, so she's doing a little <laughs> yeah, bit Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, very shameless behavior by Phoebe, but yeah, she knows that he won't remember. Yeah, oh, so um, true, yeah. We also forgot to mention that there's a forgetfulness aspect to this truth spell. After the 24 hours are done, anyone who's heard the truth or told you the truth will forget. I forget how it works. Yes, so yeah, it's 
they'll forget within 24 hours. Yes. Like, but right not the, the but birth. not the sisters. No, not the sisters. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically Andy reveals that like there were two murders, like talking about the one Alex Pearson who was murdered for his crop stuff, croplums. He was solving um, the croplums. He he was solving the croplums as they <laughs> cropped up. Um, <laughs> they do just crop up like that. I know. <laughs> and um, basically, one of the clues was that there is um, a button left behind in the crime scene made from an alloy that has never been seen before, which is a clue again, that this guy comes from the future. Um, after this exchange, Phoebe reminds him like, Hey, call Prue back. Um, and Andy calls Prue and they set up a time to meet in person. Right. Um, and we see Prue answer the phone at Buckland's and it's like, we all, anytime something is going to happen of importance in this episode at Buckland's, it's also lunchtime. Because when Prue gets that phone and really wants to talk to Andy, Sandwich Bish is like up in the fucking, <laughs> up in the place, coming in with her sandwiches. And our girl Hannah, the evil redhead, who is basically just an, an evil gay. Um, yes. Goes to steal, goes to steal Prue's turkey no mayo. And then like Prue says something to the effect of, like, Hannah, like, what is your problem with me? And Hannah says, and she's telling the truth, it's my, like, mission in life to destroy you. Uh, but I like how her saying that it could be either misconstrued as evil or just evil gay. Right, right. Or just, like, one of those evil bitches at work who, like, are out to get you for no reason. Yes, yes, because you're another woman. Yeah. Um, she also says that she doesn't actually want the sandwich. She just doesn't want Prue to have it. Right, right, right. Which I love. <laughs> right. Like, I bitch, mean, I don't even want your sandwiches. Yeah, Tanya is caught in the crossfire here. Um, yeah. You know, learning that this evil redhead bitch doesn't value your sandwich um, must be very painful as the as sandwich girl. Yeah, it's literally all you're there for. <laughs> so that must feel pretty devaluing outside of the fact that you're literally just a sandwich girl. But whatever. Um, you also have a wagon full of sandwiches and only one turkey sandwich? Turkey no mayo. Okay. <laughs> I don't know the sandwich biz, all right? I've been out of the game a long time. So I don't know what it's like anymore. I guess I didn't know what it was like in the late 90s. She should just be, like, a moving, like, subway counter where people can customize their sandwiches. Yeah, but I think that's, like, asking a little bit too much from our, uh, <laughs> our sandwich girl. She literally just hands people sandwiches. Anyway, I can't get over <laughs> And, like, I, I love how, too, is, like, they're wrapped in, like, cellophane and, like, paper. So you never actually see what any of the sandwiches look like. They look like... <laughs> I'm sure they're not actually sandwiches in there because it's, it's a television show. But I just like how all of her sandwiches are, like, nondescript white logs. Right. Right. Very fishy. Very, very fishy. <laughs> it's a drug front. It's definitely a drug front. Turkey No Mayo is, like, just code lingo for cocaine. Right. Oh, speaking of drugs, I tried ketamine for the first time. Oh, not one, not one of my favorites. Really, I was into it. Really, but I don't then like again, it. I did. I had done so. Basically, I did M, and then I couldn't sleep. So then uh, I did K, oh. and K helped. Okay, but um, I kind of want to try it without M. 
Listen, it's been like probably like ten years since I've done it, so maybe I'm uh, mm-hmm. up for a new uh, a new bout. But a new K hole. <laughs> yeah, I just fell into a new K hole. It's been a while. <laughs> I loved Candy Muse during her roast on All Stars of um, of Carson Cressley, and she was like, Carson, me and you have so much in common. You're an equestrian. I love ketamine. <laughs> That's good. That's pretty funny. Uh, anyways, so, um, Phoebe goes to Buckland. Oh, no, 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 before we get that, we get Hannah saying that she wants to destroy Piper. Kind of a funny moment. We go back to the house, and we do get the first on-screen kiss between Piper and Leo. Yes, and Piper initiates it. She's basically like, tell me the truth, like, do you like me, or what do you like about me? And he says he likes her eyes, or something. so gay. And then, right? And then she was like, how do you feel about a girl making the first move? And then he said, I'm waiting for it to happen. And Hot. then kiss. Yeah. It was good. It was good. It was good. I liked how it was like, like kind of awkward. Like the, the beginning part was like, oh, this is a little cringy. But I think it went well because that's kind of Piper's vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, we returned to the art gallery. Um... And basically, Phoebe uh, tells Prue. Phoebe's there for some reason. Yeah, I can't Phoebe. Why. Yeah, I think Phoebe appears because she's like, "Oh, I got a hot lead on uh, the girl's gonna get eyeball lasered." And again, because right. it's perpetually lunchtime at uh, Buckland's, sandwich girls <laughs> around. <laughs> Um, She's just always there circling the halls forever. (laughs) She's a ghost. She's a ghost. She's most likely a ghost. Uh, Died while making sandwiches uh, (laughs) or something. I don't know. Crushed by a a Subway franchise. Yeah, she's a glitch in the Matrix. Yeah, exactly. A sandwich glitch. Yeah, which, I mean, that sounds like a delicious glitch. Exactly, it really does. It's like two glitches sandwiches between a delicious microchip. (laughs) <laughs> i don't even know i don't know man computers you know what you just said <laughs> you, you need to know computers is all i'm saying uh <laughs> anyway so phoebe recognizes our uh, titular sandwich girl uh which her name is tanya as we've established um and she's about to get gavined but i think the sisters intervene or Phoebe and Piper do, or Phoebe and Purdue, and like they, they, I don't know, like throw a bottle at his head. No, no, no. Phoebe clunks him on the head with a bottle. Okay, can I just discuss another thing I found very disappointing about all of this? Yeah. We all know that Prue has eyeball powers. Oh my god, yeah. I was yeah. expecting an eyeball off. Dude, the fact that it didn't happen, that his third eyeball didn't come out and shoot at Prue, and then her eyeballs look at the laser beam and like caught it in midair, and then they did that weird <laughs> Javna eye back and forth pulley thing, and then she, she forced the laser back into his head and it exploded. How did that not happen? Right? The way he died was so unsatisfying to me. Or however, the way he was vanquished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because if I may just get to what happens. Of course. So basically, okay. So there's a chase scene between where the demon is chasing Prue. I can't yes. remember how we got here. It's basically because, like, yeah, they, they, 
dispatch Gavin, and they go regroup at the house. And for some reason, Prue is still at Buckland's. I don't know why. And then Gavin goes after her. because Oh, because Gavin hasn't seen Prue with Phoebe before. He's always seen Phoebe. He finds out who Phoebe is, goes to Prue and be like, Hey, like, your sister, I'm looking for her to kill her with my eyeball. And then the chase scene happens. Right. Um, and during this time, Gavin is also susceptible to the truth spell. And Prue asks him, like, what the vaccine is for. Because he's, like, talking way too much about his motives. Yeah, here. he's villain-splaining he's just, a lot here. Yeah, he's just, like, you know, vomiting all of Yeah, the I'm a warlock from the future. Sandwich Baby is gonna, like, make the vaccine. <laughs> right. Um, and the vaccine uh, cures his eyeball. Yeah, or, like, it cures warlocks? I don't fucking know. Also, like, are warlocks not human? Uh... Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe warlocks in the future are not? I don't know. I don't know. They got a third eyeball. They vanquished warlocks before, did they not? Yeah, the first, like, Piper's ex-boyfriend was a was a warlock, and they've referred to him as being non-human, because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, I've never seen, like, there's that one episode where, like, a human actually died, and they're like, oh, I've never seen actually, someone actually die before, and they're like, well, what about Jeremy, and what about Javna, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, but, like, you know, human, but I'm like, one was a demon, I get that not being human, but a warlock, I think, is technically human. Like, they did murder yeah. Jeremy. He was evil. Didn't say he didn't have it coming. Yeah. I mean, I would have to, like, read up on what how they defied warlocks in the show and, like, watch that episode again with Jeremy because, yeah, I don't know. I think it's loosely but... defined. I think, well, I think they're edging towards saying that warlocks are not human. Which mm-hmm. I just find strange. I thought that's what made warlocks warlocks as opposed to demons. Right. Yeah, true. Anyway, um, so, yeah, basically how he dies in the scene is, okay, so Prue, he's choking Prue, and in the nickel back of time, like, Piper yes. uh, runs into the scene because at home phoebe and prue are like fuck like pipe the prue is there like he's gonna go after her we like one of us has to go um and piper goes because she actually has a useful power right exactly but like phoebe doesn't put it that way no of course not anyway uh piper freezes him as he's choking her and um then they he unfreezes and then they stab him in his third eye right with like a crowbar which is, as we, right. as we all know, one of the third eye's main weaknesses. <laughs> and then he gets sucked up by a portal. But my thing is, like... <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Can I, can I please tell you what the charmed wiki script of this episode describes it as? Okay, and, please. And then, quote, some big tornado thing comes and sucks him up. That's what someone wrote? Yeah, that's... That's wh- what the writer wrote? I don't know if that's what the writer wrote, but that's what... Whoever wrote, the, whoever took the time to put the script <laughs> on the Charmed Wiki was like, this is what happened, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they've already done so much work by writing a Charmed <laughs> script for some reason, transcribing. So, um, yeah, so my whole thing is, you know, okay, first of all, it would have been way better if there was more of a standoff situation. First of all, secondly, Prue should have been the one to vanquish him. 
by eyeballing like using her eyeballs and i like the idea of like you know bending the laser back into his own head and then his head explodes like that should have happened it should have happened what i will imagine could have been a factor because we did kind of get that with javna um maybe it was just like budgetary reasons they couldn't have another eyeball off it was too too much monies (laughs) they would have like uh it would have raised suspicion with the eyeball council. Exactly. They'd be like, I don't know what you guys are doing on over here, but <laughs> we can't have eyeball and eyeball conflict on our screen as this often. Yeah, you're going to raise arouse suspicion among the masses. Yeah, exactly. We don't need an inter-eyeball conflict again. Again. Yeah. It's kind of like a global conflict because eyeballs are globes. That's pretty true. I should have said intra eyeball conflict <laughs> um you know like what if there's a there are planets out there that are just eyeballs spinning? i assume most planets are eyeballs mm. touche <laughs> <laughs> everything about that yeah um so another thing the other thing that warrants discussion of course um and maybe you know, I'll, I'll talk about the lesser thing, actually, first. So Piper finally stands up for herself at work. Yes, and yes. She's like, you need to hire so many more people because I'm doing the job of, I'm doing the books, I'm being the hostess, I'm being the busboy. Like, you need to hire, like, all these people or I'm going to quit. And he was like, finally you said something. Like, yes. All you had to do was ask. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? I know, right? Uh, I like I kind of get it because we we, yeah, we I think we glossed over the scene where when the truth spell was active, she quit says this all to her boss and she kind of like quits, and he tells her like why would I hire more people when you're just gonna do the work and like I don't have to pay for it uh, or pay more for it and a part of me is like ah oh, that's kind of that's like you know uh, there's a sense there's a sensibility to that that I understand or a sense to that but. Uh, Regardless, shitty thing to do as a boss, and I'm glad that Piper gets what she needs, which is more support. Yeah. Um, yeah, more support. Uh, that's that's good, although she should quit this place. Definitely. Fuck like, It's so toxic. Yeah. Um, okay, so the other major thing, maybe the most major thing, I don't know, but finally the end to one plot line is the Andy and Prue story, because... Right. When he's under the truth spell, Andy uh, tells Prue that he doesn't think he can accept her being a witch, which I found shocking. Okay, he doesn't really say that, though. It's more of, um, like, he says, like, I honestly don't know, Prue. Like, I like I don't know if I'm going to be able to, like, get comfortable with this. And, and, I, and I agree, that's off-putting. But it's not like he says no. And it's yeah, not like she's giving him a lot of time to process things. That's true. Yeah, it was kind of... Okay. So, yeah, you're right. Like, saying... Demanding an answer in in that short of a time before the truth spell wears off um, is maybe not fair. Because, yeah, he hasn't gotten to think about it. You haven't explained the full picture. Yeah, and, like, um, I, I feel like for him also, there's, like, a lot of, like, looking back on things of, like, oh, what, were you lying to me about this with that? Did that have to do with this? Like, I feel like it is a lot to unload. Yeah, it is. 
Um, and it was cowardly of her to just wait until he was under a spell to tell him all this stuff. Because if you had told him normally, like you would give him the chance to mull it over and it could take weeks, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And like multiple conversations. Um, but I guess I was surprised that he wasn't like super into it because he seems to be really into the occult. Well, I think he is aware of the occult and like understands that like it is a kind of like a a belief that people have and like obviously a lot of his cases are involved but I think maybe that has made him see more of the like darker elements to it of like oh these people are nuts they're always getting murdered and shit Mm -hmm. yeah that's true I guess yeah and like the point of like oh if you have a kid and she's a girl then that girl is gonna be a witch and then a bunch of demons are gonna be after her yeah very true very true (laughs) and then like yeah, oh, like, my wife is, or my girlfriend is, like, being chased by demons and might be murdered at any time. Yeah, that's true. And I don't even think she really touched on that, like, the uh, the murdery demons of it all. No. Um. So, yeah, the, yeah. the, uh, the episode kind of ends. We got a quick scene at Quake where Sandwich Bish is uh, puking, but she doesn't know it's because of morning s- sickness quite yet. Right. She doesn't know she's pregnant. Right. And, um, and then Leo, yes, we got a final uh, scene with Leo and Piper because Leo comes over very cute because he doesn't remember anything from the true spell either. And he's like, hey, Piper, I feel like there's something I should apologize about, but I don't know what it is. And Piper's just like, oh, no, 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 no. There's like nothing you need to apologize about. Let me buy you a drink. Uh, and then it's cute. Then we end on like Prue being a downer about Andy. Right. I mean, she's always a fucking downer. Even when they were together, she was a downer. So true. She was making problems the entire time. Right. So, honestly, like, I'm kind of... I'm not excited for Shannon Doherty's exit. Um, but I do welcome it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. What? Well, one, we got a couple more seasons to get through, so it's gonna be a while. Also, yeah. though, uh, one of the things that I enjoy, uh, that I'm enjoying doing this rewatch is really like watching the like Prue Phoebe relationship because I think it kind of like, like the, the off camera relationship devolves where they start having less and less scenes together. Kind of like, Mm. um, Samantha and Carrie, I lost sex in the city. Mm. I haven't noticed that. I didn't realize there was uh, IRL beef that impacted her decision. Yeah. So as someone who's delves into the charmed lore here and there i dabble you know a lot of i got a lot of thumbs and a lot of pies um mm-hmm. oh my god <laughs> so gross can i can you put your fist in my pie i i can and i will <laughs> um thank you no problem uh and your cherry pie uh yes so apparently the reason why shannon doherty left is because she like hated or like she did not get along with uh Alyssa Milano and um also I think the sh- like there's the female showrunner and also it's the male showrunner and I also think there was issues with the female showrunner as well uh in terms of like some of the directions that the show wanted to go or whatever and I think there was just like a lot of off-camera drama with those elements and then Shannon Dora was like yo I'm out uh and I think the the other showrunner got just ousted as well. And then they found uh, 
They just brought in Rose McGowan. Interestingly, though, despite the fact that I think the showrunner becomes like a full, just like it's like a guy doing the, most of the work, Alyssa Milano and um, Holly Marie Combs do become producers on the show mm. in the fourth. I'm pretty sure starting the fourth, fourth if not later seasons. So it's one of those things that like, yes, the female showrunner got ousted, but the two stars seem to have a little bit more say in what goes on in the show. Mm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I always wonder, like, actors turning into producers, what exactly does that mean? Like, are they just investing in the production or... Like, monetarily, or... I think it can mean, like, a lot of things. Like, yeah, that could be part of it. Like, they're helping to fund. But I think in this respect, it's a little bit more of... They probably just have a little bit more of, like, creative control over things. Like, they are able to, you know, comment on scripts, or show direction, Mm. or, you know, various choices that might be being made. Uh, Mm. That's the impression I got, but I'm not necessarily sure. But I think that's more how it works. Because, okay, like, the executive producer on her show isn't necessarily funding it, but they're the person, like, leading the, like, creative charge, let's say. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I'm not very familiar with these types of roles in showbiz. Showbiz, baby. Showbiz, baby. Which uh, we are a part of, and we are thriving Oh yeah, showbiz. This is showbiz. Uh... You know, in, um, you know, we are... Uh, working even though there's a strike on exactly some might <laughs> some might disapprove of but like we do it for the art right we and were never we're getting people. paid anyways yeah like ha- like how drew barrymore is crossing the picket lines and scabbing right now yeah um and her justification is that she helped to get she helps get people through hard times i'm holding on to that delusion about our podcast me too we are just like drew barrymore <laughs> But also, like, is Drew Barrymore's show helping people through hard times? I don't know. I feel I like know. that's not true. That's not true. It fills think... up an hour of their day. Right. It's just an hour on network television that Drew Barrymore is profiting off of because her acting career isn't going so well. So Ooh. it's really for her. Yeah, no, that was a lot of shame. That was a lot of shame, but like, yeah, read a bitch, I guess. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. um, that's where I guess we're gonna end off things here. Is Drew Barrymore, capitalist yeah, uh, you. mama? You fucking scab. <laughs> um. <laughs> scab is such a funny word to say to someone. I, I know. I know. It's it's really funny. It's really funny. Um, yeah. So okay. Um, as an aside. I don't want to end yet. Oh, okay. We have many asides. Please, please. Is, is there more to say? Um, not about this show, but about celebrity gossip in general. Oh, okay. I'm really obsessed with Elon Musk and the Gr- and Grimes's whole so drama I've, unfolding. I've 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 not been keeping up with what is going on in their lives because it it creeps me out a little bit. I don't know why. It's so creepy, dude. Yeah, it is. It is. That being said, though, I have I haven't met her in person, but I've like talked on the phone with and like booked her on a show before. Uh, Grimes's mom. She's like an environmental lawyer in BC. She's a really cool woman. Yeah, I've heard that. I've I've heard that, and like, yeah, it's so strange because she seems like really smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess Grimes has a type of intelligence. Like her, she produces her own music. Like she's, you know, good at it. Oh yeah, very talented. But 
like very talented but like girl like okay first of all elon musk seems to have a breeding fetish and he like he's just making babies i yeah oh uh he has 11 kids now yeah three different women but he conceived using ivf and people are like he likes ivf yeah right and people are saying that like with his first wife with whom he had like five kids or something six he like only has boys so people are saying he used ivf maybe to like select the gender because yeah, he prefers yeah, yeah, boys. Yeah. Right, right, right. And right. so Grimes, it turns out, has three kids with him. Not oh. just one. Not just baby XI right. AI sure. twelve. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Elon Musk seems very obsessed with X because people are saying that X is his only naturally conceived child. So maybe it like proves like his manhood and like the strength of his seed on some level. Yeah, yeah. And he trots out baby X to all of his events and like te- like Tesla and SpaceX meetings or conventions or whatever. But he also has a daughter with her named Y. Oh, I mean, <laughs> on brand. <laughs> Who he doesn't seem to care about because I, Grimes at one point said that... Um, you know, she and Elon had an agreement that she would raise the daughter and he would raise the sons because that's how it should be. Oh, uh, that's whack. <laughs> and then it turns out it's revealed that she has a third kid with him named Tau, like the Greek letter. Yeah. Um, and who was a secret. But when she was when when um, so why was conceived with a surrogate? Like with an through IVF, mm. and while that was happening, he he gave away his sperm to some other bitch, uh, who's his who's his uh, employee, and she had secret twins without Grimes knowing. What? So he's definitely he's <laughs> definitely like either in his twisted mind, like continuing his bloodline or something, like Genghis Khan in it, it really hard, or yeah, he's planting a little clones in a bunch of people. Right. I feel like it's, it ties in with his space ambitions, to be honest. Like, oh. he's looking for people to, like... Breed. Populate Mars or yeah, something. Yeah, I have yeah, no yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's fucking wild. That um, is crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. That's all I had to say about that. Uh, you should look into it. It's, it's actually pretty interesting. And apparently, like, years ago, you heard about, like, Azealia Banks. Oh, of course. Like, and, like, her interaction with Grimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how, like, she invited her over to make music, but then Elon was trying to have a threesome with her. Yes. There was a uh, a play in Montreal <laughs> about it. I remember. Really? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, I just needed to bring that up because it's been on my mind a lot. Yeah. And in my eyeballs. Yeah, like, and now you put it on our screen as, and there's no looking away. No. No our, looking back. Our ear screen as. Or Irnez. Irnez, exactly. Mary Irnez. <laughs> um, but anyway, with all that said, and a lot was said today. Oh, yeah, we said so much. Um, I mean, take it all in, people. Take exactly. it all in. Ooh. And when you do take it in, you know, reach out to us on the social medias. Yes. Email us at heygirlhey at gemgirls.com. And also, be sure to rate us and review us wherever you find podcasts. And as we always say, as is the pod Paul, the Ron Paul, the podcast (laughs) policy 
is five stars and a positive review because like obviously i mean if you're if you're this deep into this podcast i feel like <laughs> it's like you gotta get there has to be some sort of reward and this is the only thing you're gonna get out of it is your stamp yeah, of approval because you're indoctrinated at this point yeah, the reward for you subjecting yourself to over an hour of us talking about God knows what is you also giving us five stars, which only benefits us. Yeah, but also you, because then you're listening to a five-star podcast and, like, don't you want to be that bitch? <laughs> Aren't, don't you want to be successful? Don't you want to drive a Maserati? Right. And have a it's hot body? <laughs> Anyways, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot enough for Bill Cosby. Exactly. Whoa. It's not even that hot. It's not even that hot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, your body is hot enough for Bill Cosby. You gotta be. You gotta be. If you ain't, I don't know, you gotta work on yourself. Oh, God. I'm gonna get canceled for that one. Yeah, fell Anyway, it's, I've said some pretty bad things today. I it's think okay. we all have. <laughs> have we? I think you have. No, actually, I have. No, we've been pretty good up until this point. Anyways, okay. Until next time, stay, stay outrageous. Outrageous. Bye. Bye.